welcome to the Nutrient Narratives podcast. I am your host, Gigi Naval. This is the place where dietitians and dietetic students share their stories centered around food to all things nutrition in order to inform, empower, and bring some inspiration to your day. For those of you who don't know me well, let me tell you. I love to laugh. And what I love about my guest, Andrea Fanica, registered dietitian nutritionist, is her fantastic sense of humor. She always makes me laugh. On this episode, I really had Andrea tell her entire narrative from Romania to her first several years here in America because it truly involves a lot of trials that she endured with God's help. Andrea currently works in the Department of Nutrition and Dietetics at Loma Linda University as the clinical coordinator. My apologies to Andrea because I'm still learning how to record, and I goofed on the settings when we recorded this episode. I have learned from my mistake. In fact, Andrea gave me some more advice that thanks to her from the next episode after this and on, the sound quality should be better. Thank you, Andrea. Now let's listen to her narrative. Welcome to the Nutri-Narratives Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. I'm so excited to finally be talking to you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Well, it's not like we don't talk on other times because we do work together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of hard to not talk (laughs) when our offices are next to each other. And true. Okay, you know what? I'm just not even going to talk about your work right now. Okay. I'm going to go back to that time. It was a Friday afternoon after class taking um, medical nutrition therapy one. You were my student back then. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and I remember you stayed and you shared this incredible story with me. And I was so in awe. And I'm not going to say much more because I just want you to take over and tell me what you told me with your story beginning back in your homeland. Okay, so how long do we have? How many hours? <laughs> no, it's not that long. Not that long for this. <laughs> okay, well, I was born on a beautiful, beautiful summer day in the foothills of Transylvania. Oh, Transylvania? <laughs> yes, I was born in Romania. Uh-huh. A few years ago. Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> yes, just a few years ago. younger than me. And, you know, I was raised in a middle-class family Mom, dad, I had a, I have a sister. She's five years younger than me. And, you know, grew up in this very fun, loving environment. Um, my grandma had a little farm. So, you know, we, I really enjoyed, I really had a nice childhood. But for some reason, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know how I heard about America. Uh, yes. But I, and my grandma, used to tell the story that she found me one day she found me in the garden digging digging a hole in the ground 
And when she asked me what I was doing, I said that I was trying to get to America. Some, somehow, somebody had told me that America is on the other side of the earth. Okay. And I was trying to get to the other side. That is so cute. <laughs> little Andrea trying to get to America. Yeah. So hopefully I was a little <laughs> because, I mean, I don't remember it. So because that was kind of silly when you think about it. But, <laughs> but, but you know what? You. So many years later and here I am. So all that digging. That, uh, it paid off. It paid off. Um, That's exactly how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> went through that hole, mm-hmm. through that hole, and here you are. Here I am. Um, so, growing up, I was, you know, surrounded by food, by people, by family, loved ones, and uh, it was nice. But I also had this America thought in the back of my head, and it really started taking off when I was in high school. I think I was starting to hear. Um, that my mom had friends from work and her one of her daughters had uh, come to the states on a work and travel program so it was like a if you were a college student you could come during the summer and work in the states and then of course you go back and you continue your studies so it really started started to make sense and starting thinking like oh i i can eventually do that so you were brave enough already to think that way in high school like to leave the country yes because uh, to me you know when you're what 17 16 17 <laughs> you want to leave okay yeah well yes <laughs> so i uh I, I went to college. I started college. I moved away from home. I went to the big city. And as I was going through my first year, I saw a lot of, uh, there were a lot of agencies that were doing work and travel. But I found one that was called Au Pair. It was an Au Pair agency. And oh, what that means, they basically pair uh, nannies with families. Oh, oh how nice. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I honestly didn't think much of it. And they accepted my file. So that's when I started to kind of be scared. Like, okay, this is actually real and it can happen to me. So I actually brought it to my parents. That's when I brought it to my parents. I was like, okay, this is happening. I need like $600 to do this. So can I please have some money? And I think they helped me in the, with the thought that, oh, it's just, you know, it's, she's young. She's, what does she know? I don't think they ever thought that this is going to actually take off and, I'm going to make a big move and things like that. I really, I think they were just trying to amuse me, I guess. Okay. I don't know. They were thinking, oh, it's a dream. Right. And, you know. You know. It, so, everything happened so fast oh, well. because I applied in December and let's just say I came to the States in March. Oh, mercy. So, it was the process. Yes. The process was super fast. So I think they didn't even have time to really wake up from the <laughs> the whole no, thing, no, basically. So I went through the whole process. So you take a bunch of tests, you do English, you do they do a psychological test, they do a bunch of things. You have to have a driver's license, you have to uh, fulfill all these requirements. And then... Stress initially. Right. Yeah. And then uh, they do the same for families. 
um, from here. I think this is an international program that runs in Europe too, but I was interested in the U.S. So um, I like your interest. So I had probably like five families that called me because they match you with, and then you can choose which family you feel more comfortable with. So I ended up going with the first family that I uh, talk with, and they were from New York, from Long Island, uh, New York, and I. We talked on the phone, actually. They called me. I was super scared because English, you know, not my first language. Didn't actually speak much. I think I had uh, one of my friends helping me uh, with, you know, some conversation and all that. So I knew <laughs> what to say, what not to say, but mostly what to say. Because I, I don't think I knew how to say much. <laughs> And, you know, it, it, it amazes me when you say that because talking to you now, it's like English is not a problem at all. Right. Well, <laughs> it still is sometimes, but it's okay. Well, you, you cover it nicely because it never shows. Well, thank you. So they called me. We got in touch. We kept emailing every week. And a big day came. Uh, I remember my dad. I had to take the train from my hometown to a different town, to a different city. Uh, and from there, I took a bus that took me to Budapest in Hungary. So my flight was from there. Uh, but my dad only came with me until I got on the bus. And I still have that image in my head. And I think I'll never forget it. For some reason, the bus took forever to take off. And my dad was crying. <laughs> And I was just looking at him, and I was still right, but I was still so I didn't know what was happening with me. I think that I didn't really it didn't really hit me at that point. So I met with three other girls in the airport in Budapest, Romanian girls, the same program, same thing. So we all flew together all the way to New York. They, I still remember that too. I remember landing. Um, you know, close to um, landing and it was sunset and I still remember the skyline of New York and that feeling, you know, when I saw all those huge buildings and the skyscrapers and, you know, it was, it was a feeling like no other, definitely. Right. It was very exhilarating, very exciting, very like, wow, I am here, you know. Um, so we had... I have to say, you're such a brave teenager. <laughs> I was 19 at that time. Okay, not a teenager anymore, but still. It was, still, yes. Still so, so young right. to leave a country. <sighs> so we had three days of orientation. So basically, uh, it was all the girls. that We were about 200 girls from all over the world that came, you know, as au pairs. So we had three days orientation and... At the end, some girls had to fly to California or to different states. Some of them met their families uh, somewhere else. I had to meet the family uh, at LaGuardia Airport because that was closest to Long Island. They were from Long Island. So they were going to pick me up at the airport. So they dropped me off from the hotel. They dropped me off at LaGuardia. And that's when it hit me. I was by myself waiting for about 30 minutes. And I realized that I didn't really know what was happening around me. I couldn't really understand what people were saying. 
And I was like, what did I do? What did I just do? I don't know what's happening. How am I going to understand these people? How am I going to talk to them? And I started crying because it hit me. I was like, I don't want to do this. But then I was like, you know what? I signed up for it. I did it to myself. I need to pick myself up and uh, somehow I'm going to have to get through this. That brave side of you. I, I, I mean, it's like, what do you do? I was like, there's no way back right now. So, I think I would have turned around. (laughs) There was nowhere to go because I would have not been able to talk to anybody and tell them what I need. Anyways, Mm -hmm. so I got picked up and then went to the family. They had two small children. Uh, One was two and a half and one was like almost one. So I learned English with them, actually, because they were learning how to talk. So all those kids' books came in very handy and that was my star so i stayed with them i was a living nanny for about a year a bit over a year and i went to school for english as a second language but i only went for a couple of months i think um it was nice because no that was not the reason <laughs> they just they just didn't want to take me anymore anyways uh, the family didn't um, they couldn't do it anymore to drop me off and pick me anyways and i met a bunch of people from all over the world so that was a very nice experience and then one of my friends from romania she came and basically was with the same family that I was with. It was She was with the brother of the lady that I was working for. So she was with his family. And so we got to hang out during the weekends, uh, go to the city. It was very nice. So that period was nice. But it took me probably like three months until I got to talk to my parents. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know that you know there were calling cards at that time that... My parents didn't have a computer, or they had a computer, but they didn't have a camera. I didn't have a camera before I was, so wow. phone was the only the only way. And I finally got to talk to them after three months. Um, I had written to my sister an email, and she knew that I was fine, everything was okay, oh. and I was communicating with her via via email. But to actually talk to them, it took some time. So I was there for a year and a bit. And then, in the meantime, I uh, kept in touch with some people from my hometown. They lived in Chicago, and then in the meantime, they moved to Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, the sister of one of my friends lived in Florida, and she needed some help during summer with her kids. So, what did Andrea do? Andrea bought a ticket on Greyhound. Greyhound! Wow, Graham from New York. From New York all the way to Miami, Florida. Well, Andrea is smart, though, figuring out a way to get from point A to point B. Girl, I was on that bus for almost three days, okay? (laughs) So it was definitely a trip I will always remember. It was a long trip. Wow. It wasn't three days, but it, it felt like three days yeah, for sure. Still. still. Um, but not comfortable. No, it was not. <laughs> and yeah, anyways, so I got to Florida and spent the summer there. So I got there, I think it was May, and I stayed there until September. So I helped, I helped my friend out. She had two boys. So I just, I was a nanny for them. 
I had been to Florida with the family because uh, both their parents lived in uh, in Florida. So I had seen, you know, I had gone to Orlando and I, I had also been on the East Coast of Florida as well. So I was a little familiar with Florida and I liked it initially. However, weather-wise, not my, definitely not where I would like to live. <laughs> just because of humidity. I mean, New York was humid and everything, but Florida is just yeah, a different level. Different story. I know, my hair looks different. <laughs> I actually liked my hair better when I was, when I lived on the East Coast, but <laughs> that's a story for another time. <laughs> so... I had, because I was a live-in nanny and that first year, I was able to save my money. Uh, I was getting paid $145 a, a week. Oh. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't, I mean, thinking back, obviously it wasn't much, but it, I was a live-in, so it okay. was fine, yeah. I guess, you know. True, 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 true. So I saved my money, and then when I left Florida, I bought a car. I, <laughs> it was a 1991 Toyota Corolla. Um, and every time I turned it on, I thought that it will, its wings are going to come out and I'm just going to take off. It sounded so bad. <laughs> Couldn't really have a conversation in the car. I forget talking on the phone. There was no way. <laughs> right. So since my friends were in Georgia, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to a place where I have somebody, where I have some friends. So I decided to move to Georgia. Because the, the time at, in Florida, they didn't need a man. Right. They only needed, they only needed me for us the summer. So I, I knew that from the beginning. But I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take another Greyhound bus, bus to Georgia, so let's buy a car. So I pretty much spent almost all my money on the car. When I left Florida, I had... $250 in my pocket. That was all I had to my name. And wow. three big suitcases. And I packed my car. Had probably like maybe a week of driving, like as I had never driven in the States. Right. I had never driven in the States. So my friend, you know, had me drive around for a week, you know, just so I can get used to it. Got it. Okay. And then I was like, okay, so I'm going to drive from Florida to Georgia. Uh, <laughs> okay, again by yourself? Yes, <laughs> very much so. You really are a brave person. So my car was packed, and I remember I was so close to the steering wheel, uh, and my, my back started hurting. I left about 6 a.m., I think, from Fort Lauderdale. And I got to Lawrenceville, which is about an hour um, east of Atlanta. I got there about 10 p.m. So I was on the way for quite a... I mean, I stopped and I was driving pretty slow, you know. In one day. But I remember stopping at the midway point. And I, again, I started crying because I was in so much pain. I was tired and, you know, I wasn't used to driving and it, I was, it took so much out of me that I say, I was like, okay, but I'm like, I can't go back. So it's like, I just have to keep going. Yes. <laughs> There's no choice. So I kept going and I remember when I got out of my friend's house, I really couldn't walk straight. <laughs> I was going to the sides. I was so tired. Oh, and <laughs> I wish there was like videos. Oh, no. <laughs> 
smartphones at that time. So I think I got there like a Thursday night, and then my friend was like, "Oh, we're going camping this weekend," oh. and I was like, "Well, I want to go." So. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me because it wasn't a camping where you drive to the campsite and you park and you get in your tent and you enjoy the weekend. It was backpacking. Oh, it was backpacking. Yeah. Okay. You know, semantics. Yeah. Oh, girl. So we drove. I think we left. uh, I think we left Friday. No, we left Saturday morning at like 2 a.m. or something. We were going all the way to North Carolina. So we drove with, you know, our tents and backpacks and all those things. And we were meeting a group from Chicago. So we all started on the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> Let's just start with a bang here. <laughs> it's not working with slowly, gently, just... I am so amazed of how I made that trip because, let me tell you, it was all uphill. <laughs> And by uphill, I mean up mountain, <laughs> not uphill. You, I should rephrase. Uh-huh. And usually you have to train for a backpack. Right. <laughs> and the gear that I had was not the most ergonomic and all that, you know, easy to carry. I remember gasping for air at points. And man, oh man, what was your body and your I don't know what, thinking? Honestly, I don't think it was thinking a lot at that time, honestly. It's like we're still alive. That's all we care about. We got, we got back, I think, Monday morning and we were, roll, we had to roll out of bed. Like we could, I couldn't get up. I had to roll out because I was so sore. Okay. Everything was just. Anyways, so that was the move. I stayed with my friends for a couple of weeks and then I found a place where I stayed for free for about three months. I started working as a secretary for a Romanian company there. Okay. And I worked for them for about six months because all the while, since I was in New York, I kept applying for a student visa. I wanted, I wanted to go to school here. I wanted to become a Montessori teacher, actually. Oh, so nutrition didn't even. Mm -mm. No, because I I didn't know that there was such a thing. Such a thing. Because in Romania, in Romania, we didn't have nutrition at that time. There was no dietitians and all that. So. Montessori, I had a friend that she was a Montessori teacher and she said, you know, the training doesn't cost that much. And I had the money, whatever, saved up. But anyways, there were a lot of things that didn't work out. However, I kept applying and reapplying because I knew that the immigration takes a long time. Immigration process takes a long time. And while your papers are with the immigration, you're still considered legal. So I wanted to keep my legal status and I kept reapplying and getting lawyers because you have to go with a lawyer, you have to do all that. So Oh Andrea. Mm-hmm. So whatever I was making, it was going for my lawyers basically. I was gonna say that cost a lot of money. It was a lot of money. Get lawyers involved. Yeah. And after a while the the company I worked for they said, you know, we can't keep you anymore because they were paying me cash basically because I didn't have a social security I had a social security number but I wasn't being I didn't have the right to be employed by a big company or whatever so I started working as a nanny there was some time where I didn't have any work and it was hard um, 
but you know god bless me this whole entire time with people that the the lady that i lived with she was very understanding and helped me out a lot and i had friends that were working so they helped me find a job and i started working as a nanny again and my life just kept going from there i worked as a nanny for a few families um and there were times where I had like two, three jobs. I was doing also some cleaning. Uh, I remember on Sundays I would go and clean like offices, you know, like, um, you know, I mean, I had to make a living and pay my rent and do all that. So, yeah, your work ethics were already there at such a young age. And, but again, my ultimate goal was to to go to school and to become a teacher. To become a teacher. So, I think it was 2008, uh, one of my friends got married, and she she had a big wedding, and that's when I met my husband. Oh, that's when Dan... Yes, in the picture. Yes. I... He was he was in California. He lived in California, but he oh. came out to Georgia because the groom was his uncle, actually. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, very cool. So he was in the wedding. I was in the wedding. I was the maid of honor. He was one of the groomsmen. Yes. And that's another story on oh. its own. <laughs> <laughs> but how the smarts all started to fly. <laughs> yes, there were definitely some sparks. Uh, but we started talking and talking and he came back to visit. He actually extended his stay then. He extended for like two more weeks or something like that. Because um, he had met you and he wanted to... Yes, he just, yes, he just, you know, he wanted to spend more time to see, you know. And we kept talking, we kept talking, and then he came back to visit in August. This was in May, and he came back in August. Um, and, you know, it was going really well. However, in September, I received my final response from immigration saying that it's a no. Oh. And that I will have to actually pick up and leave oh, and you had already been in the united states how long oh five years already yeah oh man mm-hmm. so at that point you're thinking wow all this time that i exactly that was my biggest thing i said i honestly thought about it as, as a waste of time yeah. because like, i could have done you know so many other things Romania, but i always wanted you know i kept persevering that yeah. i want to go to school here your perseverance kept you here. so I had to buy my ticket. I packed up all my belongings and I shipped them to Romania. I told Daniel, listen, this is what's happening. I have to do this. He still had his grandparents in Romania and he made the decision that he he was going to come out there because his grandma had some health issues. So he wanted to come and take care of his grandma. So I left and then a week later he came as well. But we d- we didn't reconnect because he was in a different part of the country, and I was, you know, obviously home with my parents. And he came, um, he came over a few times, talked to my parents, yada yada yada, and in December we got married. <laughs> Wow. So six months. <laughs> you, you know what? I just see how God was like aligning right in the. the marriage to take mm-hmm. in that time. Wow. However, when we left the States, I left with the thought that I will not come back. 
um, because I was like, okay, I wasted so much, so much time, you know, waiting for this. I can't do that. I need to do school. I need to go to school. So I signed up actually when I went back. I signed up again to go to school there. I started in Romania. Mm -hmm. So I was doing public administration. What? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) You might ask. Yes. Well, it has to do with law as a as a. Okay. Yes. Anyways, not not my cup of tea, definitely. But it was something that was recommended to me. That is, it could be possibly something that would lead somewhere. So I started that. Yes. It didn't come from your heart. Right. So. We were looking for jobs. It was right then, though, with the economic problems. And all the jobs were on hold. They needed people, but they couldn't hire anybody. You know, it was tough. Um, So we told ourselves that we were going to give ourselves a year to find jobs. And if we don't find jobs, then we can reconsider coming back. To the United States. To the United States. But at all this time, Daniel had been committing his life full-time in Romania, mm-hmm. taking care of his grandmother. Yes. His grandmother, unfortunately, passed away um, a few months a few months after that. So it was good that he got to be there uh, for that time that he, you know, he spent with her. And we came back September... 2009 we came back to california actually it was my first time in california and when i got off the plane in lax they handed me an envelope with my green card because that's how it works when you marry a citizen apparently i mean it would have been that easy you know (laughs) but you know i never found the right person so you know what even though it was going to be Daniel all along and you knew him when you were right, there, it was just God's timing for whatever reason. And it's so funny because I keep, tell, I keep teasing Daniel that I just married you for the papers. When <laughs> I see Daniel, he's like, I know you do. I know I married you. <laughs> no, I know it's more than that. Right. Well, two kids later. Yeah, I wish we were going to talk about them too. So. Fast forward, if we're here, and I started doing pursuing to see which way I can go yes, yes. and what area to focus on. Because you're like public administration. Yeah, I tried, you know, teach all that. I mean, it was, okay, well, I need to really focus on something. But what was always in the back of my mind was food, was nutrition, was all this. Because growing up, I had kidney stones. Oh, that's and I remember going to the doctors in Romania and they would tell me, they would give me all these big lists of things that I cannot have. And I was already a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. So they gave me all these lists and I'm like, okay, so what can I eat? Exactly. But they weren't really anybody that could give you any direction or anything, you know. So I was always curious and always looking for answers. And after I got here and, you know, the internet and all that, I started doing some research. So I had three options in my head it was nutrition there are very different options nutrition nursing or dental hygiene oh yeah very different very different yeah very different (laughs) my mother-in-law is a nurse and she advised me that if i can go in another field (laughs) that would that would be probably better (laughs) 
And I was like, okay. And I was still, I was a little not so much interested in nursing just because physics. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one class, you know. That I just did not want to take physics. I see you. And then dental hygiene, I had, I have a couple of friends that are dental hygienists and they're like, you know what, it's really hard on your body. It's kind of short lived, you know, you work for a few years and then you kind of have to re mm-hmm. rethink your choices. So I was looking and looking and I was like, why am I looking? Where am I looking? I'm like, I'm in Loma Linda. I need to look what they have to offer. Oh, I see. So growing up, yeah. I didn't grow up SDA. My parents became SDA when I was 10. But, you know, we reading Ellen White books and reading about Loma Linda and those books. Yes. I mean... I'm sure you came across. Right. Oh, yes. And I always wonder, you know, Loma Linda. And here I was. I was in Loma Linda, <laughs> the promised land. Or, <laughs> no. <laughs> that is what they call it. <laughs> the SDA Mecca. <laughs> no, okay. So... I started looking at the programs and nutrition really caught my eyes. I was like, okay, because this is it. Love of mm-hmm. Yes. No. No. That could lead you. No, and I did a little bit of research and I found out that there's actually jobs in the field and this could be something that is very successful. So I really started looking. I remember I came in. Uh, Carmen was uh, still the admin assistant at that time, and she was so nice and sweet. So talking to her, and I was like, okay, yes, I think this is the way I want to follow. So I started taking classes at Crafton. Okay, that's right. I started in 2011, and I finished summer of 2013 okay so it took you about two years yeah that's about right yes i went full speed though i worked for the first year i worked and then i was like okay i really need to just focus on school so you had a plan i had a plan i was like okay i'm gonna get through this and i want to get through it because i'm not getting any younger let's (laughs) (laughs) let's just say that (laughs) so it's it's good to have that oh i had some motivation i wanted to be done you know And when I found out that they actually there actually there is a program that combines uh, BS with MS, right. and there's it's also coordinated. I was like, well, this is the way to go. Uh-huh. So right. I applied. By the grace of God, I was accepted. Yes, you were. I finished crafting in the summer because I still have to take a couple of classes in the summer, and then come fall 2013, I started. And Loma Linda. Yes, you did. So you didn't have a break. Right? No. You just went right into, I went, right into mm-hmm. the program. Yes. And we finally had you. Yes, and I was here until 2016 as a student. Mm-hmm. And it was very exciting. Um, the first year was very intense. Yes. Can mm-hmm. I say something? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember during orientation, uh-huh. your first words has just touched my heart ever since because you said that you and your husband are in the area and that if anyone needed a place to crash, that they could stay with you guys. And I yeah. remember that, that you were just so welcoming and so inviting. I'm like, wow. And then I thought about it and I was like, man, probably that sounded creepy to other people. 
<laughs> but genuinely, I, I was just like, you know, if you, if anybody, because I heard that there were there were people commuting from Orange County or from right. all other areas. Yeah, you have some of the classmates, and I know that you gen, genuinely meant that because also of the experiences that you had when you first came to Orange Yes. Canada. So I knew that. Well, I didn't know all the story, but I knew that you were so genuine with that. Anyways, so it was the first year was intense, but I remember the advice that I received. Um, what, and I remember going to Mrs. Koch's office, and I was so upset that I had gotten an A minus or something. And I know, I know. Now looking back, I know. You got upset with A minus, and I, I she didn't know that it was an A minus. I think she thought it was, you know, like. Um, a lower grade oh, because see. the way she was trying to you know and then at the end I told her it was an A minus and she was like I mean she didn't laugh but I could see her kind of <laughs> she probably wanted to but she told me that I needed to find some balance you know and balance out school and also have some time for myself and for family and really just not focus just on school you, you were quite intense with your focus. Right. Which is a good thing. But it was it was great advice because following, you know, the next quarter, I started getting involved in the clubs, NCSA, FIU, whatever I could get involved in, I got involved in. Yes. And I know, remember you ended up being the social VP mm-hmm. for NCSA. Yes. We, we went to the beach. Yes. For the best members. It was the, 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 whole, the whole five people showed up. Yes. It was great. <laughs> we had a great time together and we, we got a, a good, nice worship some good hot dogs veggie hot dogs yes they were the Worthington hot dogs this is not an ad but if you could pay us <laughs> you know you had some wonderful events that were so meaningful that I remember going to those and thinking wow this is great. And then 2014, in the spring, I got to go back to Romania with some... I went with Chef Corey, yes, Mrs. Woosley, uh-huh. and a couple other students, Dr. Connell. Uh-huh. So we went back. I was so, so excited because... It, right. And we went to the university in Turgumuresh where they have a nutrition program. So we went there to kind of exchange, you know, like what we're doing here, what they're doing there, to kind of share experiences and help them kind of build their curriculum more and all that. And it was so amazing. I mean, that that just stayed with me. Yes. I mean, to be able to give out back to your company mm-hmm. and you weren't even done yet with school. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. And I made connections, you know, with people there. And I still keep in touch with them. So oh, you do? I do. Oh, mm-hmm. I love doing that. Yes. So came back and finished my, my BS. Mm-hmm started working um, that summer actually uh, I started working for catering services yes, I did on yes I did uh, some data entry <laughs> and then uh, that summer I went to Romania uh, 2015 the summer 2015 I went to Romania my sister got married so I spent some time there did you know started my research finished whatever I had to do before I left and then wow. I was going to come back and just start data collection. And unfortunately, that didn't work out so well 
with what I had initially started, so I had to start from scratch. Oh, that's right. Mm. Oh my goodness. Very close, very close to when I had to present. I had to start from scratch, so that was... Oh, wait, I did not know it was that time. Yeah, I started from scratch in, like, March, and we presented in May, so... Oh, God, I didn't know the detail. <laughs> it was pretty intense, but I was working. I mean, at some point, I think I was working three jobs on campus. I mean, I was working for Chef Corey. Uh-huh. I was working in the catering. Yes. I was working at Drace and yeah, doing Drace the well. nutrition mm-hmm. table yes, thing. you did that as well. And I did TA, too, I think. Uh-huh. Yes, I did TA for food science or something. Oh, I mean, yes, it was pretty intense, but I was trying to pay for school and not have a lot of loans when I was getting out. And Daniel was working five jobs at the time. Right, to support. To support. So Right. Yeah, so that you didn't have, yeah, you didn't have to worry about the finances too much, but you were right. still working and he was taking on the loans. It was, it was, I mean, it was pretty rough, uh, but come 2016. Yes. I graduated, and I decided that the best time to take my RD exam was during the week of finals before graduation. <laughs> Girl, what were you thinking? Again, it was one of those moments that I don't think I was thinking much. <laughs> Did you hear when she took her boards during the week of finals before graduation? <laughs> I just wanted to, when I walked on that stage, I wanted to be done with everything and you know have that rd and all that and i re- you didn't tell your husband oh i didn't tell a soul nobody 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 knew nobody knew that i was going to go take my rd exam i was like i'm not gonna have the pressure of everybody knowing and then what if i don't pass i mean that was a very strong <laughs> feeling i had that i'm not going to pass <laughs> I knew you passed the first time, but of course you didn't tell me either. But the thing is, you didn't tell your own husband. And what did you tell him that day when you left? I don't even remember. I, I think he left. That you were going to study for finals? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, he had he knew that I was always like, coming back to school to study. Um, so he just knew that was the norm. Right. And I would just lock myself in the reading room, and I would just pass, pace back and forth, back and forth, and just going through that Inman uh, study and all the resources that I had and it was just anyways yeah and you were really focused and <laughs> determined on top of all the other classes that you were taking at that time <laughs> yes it was fun very fun times so what you were thinking that you, you were thinking that you had a mission mm-hmm. so on June 6th Monday morning I <laughs> jumped in my car and went. It's called Via Verde exit as you go towards Covina. Oh, yes. I still get anxiety when I pass Wait, by that exit. I know where that is on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the testing center that had availability. That's where it was. So I went there and I remember, you know, completing the exam and I was like, okay. Is getting to be a, over a hundred questions, and in my head I was like, "Okay, I'm probably not passing." I mean, that was the only—that's all that I could think of. And the time was ticking, and I just started just clicking things. I was like, "Okay, reading question." I was like, "Okay, I, I don't have time to double guess or second guess myself. I'm just gonna do, you know." And you powered through those last ones, and then at the end there was a survey. 
or something. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is for sure. I didn't pass because I had heard that it comes on the screen. It says, congratulations, you passed or you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, I didn't pass because I had a survey at the end. And then as I finished the survey, I clicked and it appeared. Congrat- the first I saw congratulations, I was like, I put my hands up. I was like, come get me out of here. <laughs> you put your hands up? Yes. <laughs> I can picture you doing that. So I left and, you know, called everybody and their mama. <laughs> did you call Daniel first? I did, of yes. course. I oh, called Daniel first. Okay. And he was like, what? You want to take what? She was like, what? You want to take you What? <laughs> So, well, okay, before we talk further, uh, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you also went on a mission, another mission trip. Well, I went on a couple. I went on a couple mission trips. Well, yes. Yeah, we can't jump. (laughs) Yes, I went to Honduras. And 2015, at the end of uh, spring quarter, so before I left for Romania for my sister's wedding, I went on a mission trip. Uh It was a great way to slim down for the wedding. Sorry, I got so sick. Oh, okay. (laughs) But, um, yes, that was obviously a joke with the getting slim, but um, I got pretty sick. But it was a memorable experience, and I actually, I was like, okay, I want to do this again. So, in December, I actually spent New Year's on a mission trip to Belize. Wow. And that was actually really nice because I got to go to with one of my friends. And yeah. I think that um, we were friends, but we became really close friends uh, during and, you know, after that uh, trip. It was it was a really nice uh, trip uh, by, for the people we met, the things that we did, um, and also the, on the personal level, you know, the fact that I developed my friendship with my yeah. Um, so it was it was a very meaningful, meaningful um, trip, and I really encourage every student to to have at least one experience like that. It really makes and changes your whole prospect on life wow. and your whole perspective. You know how you look at things, and it's exactly. what what were some of the things that you did? So we did it. Um, the first one uh, in Honduras, I was the only nutrition student that went, actually. So I didn't get to do a lot of education, nutrition education, but I got to work with the cooks. Okay. We went to Pan American Health Services nice. uh, in Honduras, and uh, it is set up kind of like an orphanage, but it is, it is not an orphanage. It is a place where families come and bring their children uh, because they don't have the means to raise them, to feed them especially. So they had a lot of kids with malnutrition and all those issues. So um, it was really nice to be able to be part of the uh, the kitchen staff, you know, and work with them and show them ways that they can, um, you know, help mm-hmm. nourish the, the children. Given, I mean, they didn't have a lot of resources, but we were able to... You know, guide them mm-hmm. what they have. So that was very nice. And then in Belize, it was actually I think five of us, five nutrition students, or six, 
And so that was nice. We actually ran a nutrition clinic every day in different places. Um, and this was a, a Sims trip. So we had people from a lot of disciplines. So it was very nice. We did clinics, health clinics. So it was, yes, it was very nice. And, you know, you get, again, to talk to a lot of people and hear a lot of things. So it was, it was really nice. It was a a very nice way to end my experience here at Loma Linda. Right. Um, Because I, mm -hmm. and that is what Loma Linda encourages. And that is one of the things that we really want our students to embrace this service, not just here. Yes, in our backyard, we do have people that we serve, but what about across the world? That's what I, I loved about Loma Linda from the beginning. It was the fact that people do get out and serve the community. And again, you don't have to travel to Belize or anywhere else. I mean, you can just go across the freeway or down the street and you you can make an impact. So it was it was very nice to be part of something like that. And uh, so you graduated from here, and I know you were given an award. <laughs> yes, I was a recipient of the Dean's Award. Yes, you absolutely deserve that with all that you had done, your services, and NCSA as a leader to your classmates serving across the world you were really deserving of that thank you it was uh it was, you know I, w- I was very humbled by it i you know didn't uh, i knew i was nominated um and you know i had found out that i had gotten it but again i didn't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we'll just let well, them find out. <laughs> I said, oh, I'll just let them find out at the graduation ceremony. Oh, so yeah. it was, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yes. So I was one of those who I'm like, yes, she deserves that for Thank you. For sure. Now, you graduated, and then you were thinking, what am I going to do next? You know, while I was a student here, especially during my the last year, I kept, you know, asking, you know, what would it take, you know, for me to come and teach here at some point, you know? And I was told, you need to go get experience in the field, and then we would be more than happy to have you. But in the meantime, the position of clinical coordinator opened up. And the position itself did not require prior experience in the field. Okay. So I was offered the job. (laughs) And I, of course, jumped at the opportunity and took it along. Right. And we were all like, yes, let's have a drink. We loved having you, like, when you were working as a TA, we always saw you there. So it was like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to lose it. (laughs) So I started, I think, September in 2016. Wow. 16? You've mm-hmm. been here that long. I know. So mm-hmm. you haven't left us early, <laughs> which is so wonderful, but yet you know, your position, I am telling you, I'm going to tell you 
how important your, your role is. Because if we don't have you taking all this time, making all these connections, all these phone calls to different preceptors in so many different hospitals, um, um, and let's see what other venues or institutions that you have to call. You are constantly making these connections for our students so that they can glean, they can accomplish in their 1200 hours of clinical practice in these different areas that we have them get their experiences in and if they don't have those 1200 hours they don't graduate right and so if you're not the one doing that nobody is doing that how can the students get their experiences well you know i i definitely have help um i always you know i i have your help i have mrs woozy i have mrs kush i definitely have everybody's support in this uh when i when I make connections, sometimes I need help. Sometimes issues come up and I need guidance. I need, so I wouldn't be able to do what I do with the support that I have. So we, we are blessed to have each other because we do support one another. We can never do any of our jobs by ourselves. And, but the thing is, what I would really like, you know, students, current students, future students, that it's not easy what you do because there are so many challenges with different hospitals that you come in contact with. We want them to take students and some are so willing, but then there are issues with, oh, but we don't have enough staff and oh, well, okay, that's okay. We'll go ahead and find another place for our students to go and it never ends. There are always issues. There's there's always something, definitely. There's always something. Um and sometimes the outcome is good, sometimes it's not, you know, because students have preferences, of course, you know, as a student, I remember, you know, I, I wanted a certain experience and so it can, it can become a, a bit challenging and I feel really bad when I'm not able to fulfill the expectations or, you know, what, what students really want because I want to provide them with the experience that they want but that's not always up to me I'm kind of the middle person so I'm between the student and the facility and if the facility decides that they're not going to take a student at that time there's not much I can do about it it's not your fault it's what we are just complying with what the situation is what I tell students um, all the time is keep an open mind Yes, because no matter where you end up going, you you will make your own experience because everybody is different. So you may have a good experience at this one facility. I go to the same facility, but I'm not going to have the same type of experience because personality is different. It's just, you know, it's different. So you kind of make your rotation it's not that it's given to you. Yes, the time is given to you and the place is given to you, but you make it yourself, basically. Yes. So the kind of experience that you want to have, you kind of have to create. Okay, that's, that's, that's So I tell students, keep an open mind. Don't be upset or where you end up. Because I remember when I went as a student, um, I wasn't thrilled to go at one of the facilities and I ended up 
loving that rotation. Oh, there you go. So get surprised. Exactly, all the time. Yes. And I still have students. I I get an email once in a while, like, "Thank you, Mrs. Vanika," because I really didn't like it where I was placed, but now I work here, or now you know I am. I learned so much then that I'm using that information now in what I do. So it's just, it's nice to hear back, actually, those stories. But again, open-mindedness <laughs> is the key, I think. And then they can be successful, whether it be a place that, oh, I'm so excited to be here, or I'm really liking right. because it is what they make it. Yeah, it's an attitude. Attitude is... It's important too, you know, the attitude that you go in with. In with. It's an and, ingredient. Mm-hmm. Be self-starter to be, you know, proactive. Don't wait around. Don't, you know, just right. focus on what you need to do, what you want to get out of the rotation. Because, yes, I give you a list of competencies, but you can do so much more than that. And there are, I know there are preceptors that are so willing to teach and they're really such great resources it's true that so it's there. it's sad if you don't take advantage of what's you know of what's given to you so and i know that many preceptors do love it when they have students that take initiative mm-hmm. and ask questions, questions. Mm-hmm. they really feel like oh this student really wants to be here right and i know again i know of course there's a, the other side too that sometimes we do have unfortunately we do have the other side of the coin as well where but true. you can still I think you can still make it um, unless there are some serious issues or problems with that particular location. And we really try to, uh, I mean, it's not in vain that we have the preceptor evaluations and the student evaluating the preceptor. I mean, we really, I really do look at those evaluations and I try my best, you know, to, to, accommodate and to make decisions if I send students there again or not. So it's a lot of kind of like puzzle work because I kind of get to to know the students, not all of them, but I kind of get to know them. And I know the preceptor. So the way I do it is, okay, I know that this student will do really well with this preceptor. <laughs> yes. Where this other student, I'm not sure. I think I would put them somewhere different just because I I want them to click kind of with their preceptor and, you know, be a good match from that aspect too. So I try to think about that. I try to think, okay, where do they live? How close are they to their rotation? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, yeah. So I do my placements. I mean, now I'm giving you all my secrets, how I work. (laughs) I pull up Google Maps. And let me tell you, I pull up Google Maps. There you go. Yeah. I take all the facilities that I have, and then I look at the student's address. And oh, you really try to tell your tailor make it for each one. I I try. Yes. I try again. It doesn't always work. Okay. And we are just grateful that you know God always provides provides wonderful places for our students to go, and so we appreciate that they they leave. They leave there leaving a good name, but they do their best because they're representing us and it just gives 
more opportunities for our future students to go mm-hmm. to those places. And so we're grateful for our students. It's really nice. Again, when I get emails from students that have graduated and they work in facilities and they're like, I am willing to take a student. That is like the best the oh, best thing. Those are words of, I don't know, those are music. Mm-hmm. Definitely music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But whatever I'm trying to say. Music to my ears. Music to your ears. Thank you. <laughs> to your ears. To all of our ears, actually. Yes. So, uh, we thank our alumni mm-hmm. also taking on our students. Definitely. That's a big, big part of our program running, honestly. So... Um, and so you have, and I'm going to wrap this up because I know your your family's mm-hmm. is like yes. <laughs> so how many kids do you and Daniel have now? <laughs> you know, when you ask that question, I think kind of like the answer is especially be like you know six, five, six kids. We have two boys, <laughs> <laughs> two handsome boys, yes. good looking boys. We have Luca. He is two and a half years old, and he is. A little ball of energy. Oh, Luca. Oh, yes. Big brother. Mm -hmm. A whirlwind. And then we have Mateo, and he is six months old. So... Yes. They're so pretty young. Yes. Pretty young. <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. Very energetic. <laughs> yes. But um, it's so beautiful how, how God has led through your life, full circle of life now, to being a mom with a, a beautiful, good-looking family and, and working Thank you. here. Um, God bless you with Daniel, a wonderful partner, a husband, father to your kids. Yes. It has been so nice to be able to, to witness the last several years of your life to see how God has has brought you this far and I have seen him truly leading and guiding you every step of the way honestly to God be the glory because I don't think I would have been where I am today if you would have not been for him he has led my life in ways that I never could have imagined I guess uh, and yes, I went through some hardships and some trials and tribulations, yeah. but I always, I always leaned on his promises. That was the key right there is your relationship with God. Right. It's, it is so important. It is so important. And Loma Linda was a big part in that too, and in, in developing my relationship with God. Uh, the spiritual aspect that is intertwined with daily activities and life here um, is definitely very refreshing and definitely makes you think a little bit deeper than just the surface. I so agree. Thank you for that beautiful reminder. But I have to tell you that it is an absolute honor that to have you as a student before and then now working side by side with you as my colleague and to see you grow even in this position and you have made it grown in so many wonderful ways and you really put your heart and your soul into this position. It's not just a job. I see that you take it on with your heart that I'm so proud of you. Um, and to call you my colleague and to see the amazing work that you do, I I salute you and I thank you for being my amazing colleague working side by side to serve our students. Thank you so, so much. It's it's really humbling and again, I can't believe there are days I can't believe that I that I work here and you know, I get to I get to have colleagues 
my professors. I mean, it's it's still, you know, I wake up and I'm like, okay, yes, Dr. Hodgkin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you like to Right. <laughs> we all get to go to lunch and... Right. And just have a good time with each other is really a treat. Andrea's narrative shows that she was absolutely dependent on God throughout her journey, and I know she continues to depend on Him to write out the next chapters of her life. Thank you so much for joining us on the Nutra Narratives podcast. Please join us on another episode. Until next time, eat well to live well.